folks, guess what? The Detroit Women of Comedy Fest is back, baby! We're going to be streaming across Planet Ants channels on June 4th and June 5th. That's their Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You get it. There's going to be so much funny stuff. We're talking sketch, stand-up, podcasts, live stream, workshops, special guests. Head over to DetroitWomenOfComedy.com to find out how you can join the fun. Oh, yeah. Do you ever think about how many horror movies exist, like, ever? I mean, millions, right? Probably, because I don't know why I was down this rabbit hole earlier this morning where I was, like, reading about some real, like, independent, like, outsider-produced, essentially, horror films from, like, the 80s and stuff. And then I just think about, like, man, we're never going to run out of stuff to talk about because I've still not seen, like... Like, then you sit there, you're like, how many horror movies have ever been made? And then you're like, and how many of them have I actually seen? Like, probably a fraction of things that have ever been made by anybody in the world. So, man, think about it. Oh, my God. My brain hurts already. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jeremy Rusk. And I'm Brandy Joe Planback. Welcome to Scaring is... Sharing! The place where we share our scares. With one another and you. Hello. So if you didn't, <laughs> if you haven't picked up by now, this show's about horror movies. Fuck yeah, it is. And our love for them. We love them. We love them so fucking much. More than anything. Oh my God. I've loved horror but... movies longer than I've loved my husband. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, our respective spouses. Sorry. Horror is like <laughs> my whole life. I've been watching monster movies. So. Yep. That's right. How was your week? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. How about you? It was great. Busy. I'm in a new, a new role at my job at Ford, but I'm kind of doing two jobs at once now. Not like fully either of them, just sort of like half, not half baked because I'm putting my all into it, but like a little bit of these two jobs, like my old job and my new job. So it's a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. But it's good. But you know, what? I've been back to the movies twice now since we spoke last about it. Mm -hmm. Once for Scott Pilgrim, which was super fun. It's such a fucking kick-ass movie. It's just so good. It's yeah, so it is from, creative. From what I remember, I have not watched it in years, so I really need to sit down and watch it again. Oh my God. I just loved it because a movie like that could be really exhausting and annoying, and it's just not. It just has a lot of heart. And like, I definitely, what's the lead kid's name now from Rest, Arrested Development? Uh, Michael Sarah. Yes. I definitely got some fatigue, some Sarah fatigue in my life at some point, and mm -hmm. he's not been on my radar for so long that. It just was sort of refreshing to see him again. He's just like adorable. And it was before I got annoyed with him. I think he is uh, fantastic when he's utilized properly. Like he's an actor that I feel like they're, he's got very specific roles he can fill and be like endearing and believable in them. And Scott Pilgrim's mm -hmm. one of them. So, yep. So, and I, like going into Scott Pilgrim, I thought, you know, this is one of those AMC movies that they're bringing back 
it's an older film, you know, it's a little over a decade old. And I was like, get butts in the theater, probably. Right. And I was like, and plus to like fill the screens because there's not enough movies out right now. And I was like, are there going to be trailers? And there were an abundance of trailers. And since I hadn't been going to the movies every week, like most of them I hadn't seen before or a lot of them I hadn't. So that Mm -hmm. was super fun. Nothing terribly exciting. But then I went and saw Spiral this week, the new Saw movie which we'll talk about in a moment. But there Mm. were only like two trailers before that one. It was so weird. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. But it was, I know you're going to be shocked here, but it was not great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, uh, full disclosure, I have next to zero interest in seeing it, so. See, I see all of them because I'm, I think I've said it before. I'm always very intrigued about what the, the kills will be. But that's really it. I don't have any investment in the story or the characters. Mm-hmm. The only one I've ever cared about is Amanda, who was Shawnee Smith from the first three, at least the first two. I think she's in the third one as well. I um, also thought that the fact that they had Danny Glover in the original movie as like, you know, the protagonist, and then they just killed him. I'm sure to, they thought like, we're going to be shocking, like Psycho. But it's like, that was a lost opportunity. Like Danny Glover yeah. should have been your Loomis through the series, but they fucked that up. So, and I don't know why, I guess I just had hopes with this one that it was going to like be breathing a breath of fresh horror air into its lungs, Mm -hmm. you know, with Chris rock and Samuel L Jackson. Like I just thought these people wouldn't sign on up for just some stupid, cheap rehash of all the other ones, but alas, they did. They did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I don't think Chris Rock's nearly as relevant as he was some many years ago. But I would agree. I still just thought that it was going to be something more than what it was. And with Darren Lynn Boozman, if that's how you pronounce his name correctly, if it's not, correct me. With him being involved, I should have known it wasn't going to be anything other than what he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but alas. If you followed anything with Sam Jackson, I know this isn't like a a smear on him or anything, but he is one of those actors that like his drive is to keep working. So I know he is not discerning about stuff that comes his way. Like that's why there's, you know, uh, he's a very prolific actor, but he's made just as much cheese (laughs) as he has like really good stuff. And that's just because he's the kind of guy that he doesn't slow down. He just keeps working. So he kind of takes on anything that gets passed his way. Yeah, it was not good. I mean, I'm an AMC Stubbs member, so it's not like I was like, oh, that was a waste of 10 bucks. Because really, when it all dices down to it, as long as I'm going to a handful of movies a month, it's like a $5 ticket or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was just, that one was on an IMAX, or as we call it, a Minimax. So it was a larger screen than Scott Pilgrim, and the sound was better. And so that was fun because it felt like you were seeing a movie on like a real movie screen as opposed to, you know, Scott Pilgrim. It was fairly small, um, the the screen that we saw it on. Mm -hmm. So it was just fun to be in the theater again. But like, yeah, not great. A couple of decent kills, but same old, same old. Mm -hmm. And I just I thought like the the. When the the traps happened, there'd be less of that like original saw slash that sort of nine inch nails music video sort of like sped up, like yeah. them like you know with the trap on their head or whatever like messing around like and it just goes yeah, really fast. The fast motion, yeah, the exact same thing. Which I'm like, okay, I guess I should have also realized it's just gonna be like that because it's another saw movie. I just hoped that it was gonna be something more, but it's not. <laughs> they made such a big fucking deal about this being like, this is a new vision of Saw. 
And yeah, it sounds no. like it's actually the same as the last like 10 movies they made. So, yep, 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 yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. And something that we both can talk about I watched Sasquatch. Cool. Which I al- alluded to in our last episode with Allison, but mm-hmm. um, very much enjoyed it. It was. V- a really well done documentary. Yeah. Even though it was only three episodes, it still felt a little too long. Yeah. There, like I would say there's portions where it drew itself out too much to get to the punchline of like, there's no answers, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. But it's still a well done doc. They they do, they're just really talented filmmakers and whatever they touch, truly. Yeah. And it's just dark and weird. And if you like true crime, like, yeah, it's one of those unnerving. It's unsettling for sure. Yep. So I highly recommend it on the good old Hulu. It's three episodes long. They're about 45 minutes each. So, I mean, it really is a low time commitment. Yeah. You watch it in one night. That's like pretty much what I did. So, yeah. Have you watched anything outside of our watches with one another? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking I actually got a few things to run through real quick. Um, I got, you know, watch some older stuff Uh, of note. I don't know how I'd never seen this before. This uh, this one is from 1972. It's called Horror Express. And I know it's like a big cult favorite. I, I've had friends too that have been like, oh, I love this movie. Like, it's great. Uh, and this was my first time actually sitting down and watching the whole thing. It's got Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Um, it's actually a, it's a, it's a Spanish movie, I guess, but they used, you know, a bunch of English language speak and it's, it's also got the actor um I, his name's escaping me but he was kojak the original kojak uh he's in it as like the villain of, of the piece which is fun yeah no it's all set on a train the trans-siberian railway in like the early 1900s christopher lee is a scientist that's discovered the missing link he thinks and it's frozen in this box and it's not so dead mm. and mayhem ensues on a train uh, and in actuality, it's loosely based off of who goes there, which is the story that inspired The Thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's the original nov- novella that The Thing from Another World, the first movie, was based on. And so Horror Express is actually the first remake, people say, of The Thing before John Carpenter did his. So it's kind of cool. It's like, oh, yeah, they did take the concept of an alien being, you know, on the loose. But it's a fun movie. I'd give it, I gave it three and a half stars. Okay. So I, I do think it's kind of like, undeservedly uh, under-recognized. See, here I thought, I was hoping you were going to say it was about like a haunted Pony Express like, <laughs> <laughs> that was carrying, you know, some talisman or something. That would be more exciting than a train. Yeah, it's a train, but they do utilize the space pretty well. I feel like trains are a good horror movie location. They are, because where are you going to go? Yeah, it's it's enclosed enough, but gives you enough space, depending on the amount of train cars you have. Um, let's see. So that one is pretty good. I recommend that for people to check out. It's on Shutter right now. Oh, I also checked out on HBO. I finally watched the new mutants, uh, which was like the, the like, last horror X Files. X Men. Yes. <laughs> yeah. X Men. Based How on the X Men. X. It was terrible. I hated it. Um, I can see why it didn't get really. You know, they made it and then it like sat on the shelf for like almost two years before they finally so released long. it. Uh, it was not good. I gave it a star and a half on the letterbox. Oh, yeah, it was sick burn, brah. Yeah, it was just not that. You could see where they wanted it to be horror, but it wasn't like that scary. A lot of cheesy CGI in it for the monsters and stuff. They just looked like cartoon characters to me. Any monster thing. Uh, there's a lot of cool characters from the X Men comics in this movie, like their first time on screen. 
uh, that have like cool powers and stuff. And it's like, but that just didn't, that's the only thing worth watching is seeing some of these characters realized for the first time in a movie. But how are the horror elements? Does it like go hard, more hardcore than a normal X-Men movie? Not really. <laughs> I don't okay. think so at all. Like it, it felt like it wanted to be a nightmare on Elm street meets X-Men. Cause they're going off into mm. this dream, you know, psychic realm, other dimension with this, monster that's coming through from this you know spirit like world but yeah it just didn't mesh well like it felt like it needed to either go like much scarier and more hardcore or just be a superhero movie and it tried to like ride the line between both Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't that good okay so moving on from that and then i watched a couple of the shiro honda movies i'd never seen he was the director of the original godzilla of course and a bunch of kaiju flicks one of them was called the h-man uh which was kind of like a japanese like a late 50s like japanese take on the blob where there's this blobby radiation waste creature going around like or creatures i guess blobby guys going around eating people and the cops are trying to figure out what's going on but this whole weird subplot about like gangsters like it was it's it's it was kind of fun okay real quick on that note yeah I feel like one of the best blob ripoffs is the segment The Raft from Creepshow 2. Yes. Isn't that so good? I think it still holds up. I watched it recently and I thought it was still kind of creepy. I saw it as a teenager and that segment scared the shit out of me. Like all the rest of like, oh, yeah. the, like the rest of Creepshow 2 from what I remember is just kind of goofy, but that one is actually scary. That Thanks segment. for the ride, lady. Yeah. Still say that all the time. That's, <laughs> that's great. But yeah, that segment is by far the best. It's the best one. And then finally, I watched Battle in Outer Space, which was like a lot of fun in a bad B-movie kind of way. Again, another Ashira Honda flick from the 50s I'd never seen, which was sort of like Japan's take on Earth versus the flying saucers. It was just aliens come and they're in flying saucers and start like attacking, of course, Japan, uh, okay. and then, <laughs> and then uh, the Japanese and US government, of course, together create this like space force to go to the moon where the aliens are and fight them. And it was really like, ridic- it's got some crazy models blowing up like work constantly. So uh, if you're okay. into that sort of thing, battle in outer space is fun. All right. And that's it. That's what I watched. Well, Jeremy, we have two count them two terrorgrams this week. We sure do. We sure do. So I was talking to my friend Rob, who wrote us on our two episodes ago and was talking about some Del Toro, and he hadn't heard you reading it and discussing some of his thoughts. And and he's like, Oh, what did you know, what did Jeremy have to say about my letter? And I was like, Well, he didn't particularly like this or this or this. And he's like, Oh, well, that's not what I said. I'm like, Yeah, it is. And so he's like, Oh, that's not what I meant. I meant to write this. So he sent us a follow-up. So why don't you give us that? And here it is from Rob. Joe but mostly Jeremy. I am writing back with a corrections corner. As I listened to your response, I realized that in my scatterbrainedness of the moment, I only wrote you half my thoughts in that email about the sad conventional nature of late, that's the correction, Guillermo del Toro. I completely forgot to say that. Early and middle career del Toro movies are incredibly innovative and boundary pushing. Films like Kronos, and I'd argue even Pacific Rim expand the definition of genre. Films like Pan's Labyrinth by turn defy or create new forms of genre, genre form whole cloth. Uh, incredible stuff. I just think that late, the later works lose steam, and that is largely fine. I'm not expecting a filmmaker to live up to what 
uh, my expectation of a great film is, nor do I think a merely competent film isn't worse, worth watching or enjoying. I do, however, think that if you want to see what a Del Toro movie is, one should absolutely hit up one of his older films before watching the merely or okay Crimson Peak or Shape of Water. When Shape of Water won the Oscar, that felt every bit an award of a great career, uh, similar to when Martin Scorsese won for The Departed, after being snubbed time and time again for his classics. Keep up the good work, sharing the scaring. Um, you know, I'm willing to let Crimson Peak go, but he keeps calling <laughs> Shape of Water just okay. Uh, and I will die on the hill that Shape of Water is one of the, if not the best movie Del Toro has made. And he, he talks about Pacific Rim in there. And I have to share my thoughts. Pacific Rim is a movie I liked the first time it came out over time. It does not reward we rewatches. Now I'm kind of like, it's not a very good movie. It's probably one of the worst in his filmography. So I got to watch both so I can weigh in. And also uh, The Departed? Is he like right there when he mentions Scorsese winning for The Departed was just like, here you go, Marty. Like The Departed's one of Scorsese's best movies. Like, what are you talking about? It deserved it. I've not seen it. Shape of Water is not conventional. He keeps calling it conventional. I'll give you a crim- <laughs> I'll give you a crimson peak is, but like Shape of Water, like sure, if you want to call like a romance movie like conventional, it follows those conventions, but it's a far more clever movie in its construction than just you know, much like we talked about last week, it's a movie that has the sum of the parts are all very familiar, but the way it's presented creates something entirely unique, I think. So we'll have to get to Shape of Water soon. Um, <laughs> I'm just once bitten, twice shy, because I thought you were going to like Crimson Peak. and you did I not. did too. So, and then Shape of Water, like I absolutely adore. So I'm afraid to, for you to not like it. And then we have to fight about it. So fight to the death. But anyway, thanks for writing in, Rob. Uh, yes, Rob. Yes, I'm sure we could have a lot of filmmaker conversations. All right, and we have a second one. My dear friend Tess wrote in. Uh, she slid into the DMs on the Insta. And she. this is in response to our conversation about Urban Legend a couple of episodes ago. Oh, cool. She said, hi, Scare Bear. Real quick, I'm catching up on the pod. A little mental health awareness about lithium. It is a mood stabilizer typically prescribed for people with bipolar disorder. Not totally outdated. For some folks, it's the most effective, but it is a metal, and too much metal in a body is not good. Some people can develop some resistance after using it successfully for years, and that is a bummer because some other mood stabilizers are just not as effective for that. I never heard of people recreationally using or abusing because it builds up to be effective in therapeutic sense, but getting high, big shrugs. I just wanted to comment as May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's my trade. Love you. Excited to catch up with my fave Scream Queen and my fave Slim Sasquatch. Kissy face, kissy face, kissy face, kissy face. Well, thanks, Tess. Yeah, um, thanks for the info. That's great because I thought I was on the right track where I'm like, I didn't think lithium was something like you would take and get high off of, like a lot of psychiatric medication. Like if you don't need it, it's not re- like, I don't think it's going to give you like, it's not like taking X or something where you're going to have some sort of like fun time using it recreationally. So, But I did check and that is indeed what she says on Urban Legend. So Urban Legend is just written by someone who doesn't know their their prescription recreational drugs. Which is not surprising because oftentimes (laughs) you can watch a movie and that screenwriter thought they were throwing something fun in there. And, you know, like that idiot has no idea what he's talking about and should have not put that in there. For sure. I did also catch a new podcast this week that I wanted to recommend. It's really great. It's called Development Hell. 
and I think it's through Bloody Disgusting. It's one okay. of their podcasts. The host is Josh Corngut, and he is super adorable. And I listened to one episode, which is their fifth episode, and it's all about Halloween, the Revenge of Laurie Strode. So there's oh. one about Army of Darkness 2, one about the Hellraiser reboot, the Lost Candyman sequel, Wes Craven's Alice in Wonderland. Um, there's a whole bunch that they talk about these movies that never happened. And yeah. the one I listened to about Halloween, The Revenge of Laurie Strode, Grady Hendrix was on, who I've talked about before. He has the, the Final Girl Support Group coming out and My Best Friend's Exorcism. He's fantastic. They have really good conversation. It's super fun, ton of like really good tidbits about horror movies and just, I couldn't recommend this podcast enough. It's really, really fantastic. So check it out. And I'm excited to hear the other episodes as well. I love hearing about movies that didn't happen, uh, yeah. especially in the horror world, because it seems like, again, like the, the amount of horror movies that didn't happen is baffling, but you, you there's so much creativity behind the scenes like you hear about these halloween sequels they tried to make and you're like that would have been insane i can see why a studio got scared and they're like this is too radically different or too this or that and then went with just remaking the first movie again like every time yeah it's it's always a fascinating thing so they talk about this lost halloween sequel i think it was supposed to be like the fourth one where michael myers turns like giant like he's like 20 feet tall do you know about this no I need to do more research. They just sort of touch upon it, but it was like this lost sequel that at the end he turns like mega, like into like Godzilla. So a kaiju Michael Myers. Yes. Oh, it wow. sounds so bizarre. Wow. So bizarre. Yeah. It's 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 really, really great. So and it's it's a lengthy, like it's over an hour. It was really fun. Like I had a, a drive out to go to the movies. Um, it was like a, you know, 30 minute drive each way. So it was really fun to listen to it and I highly recommend it. Cool. I do remember for years too, speaking of like lost sequels, they had wanted to make uh, Michael Myers versus Jason Voorhees like yes. for the longest time. And then they decided that, that they're too similar. You just have two killers like not talking all the time. <laughs> so that's mm -hmm. how they went with Freddy instead. Like we need somebody that's actually verbal to throw into these movies. So yeah, yeah. So now I have a question for you. Yes. You are somewhat of like a gamer. You enjoy Dungeons and Dragons and such. Yes, yes. So you recall from a few weeks ago, I was meeting with my friends, Ben and Alex, and we were going to play the Shining board game, right? Yes. So we tried. It's oh, no. very confusing and not terrible. I'm not a big fan. Oh, um, no. It was... The artwork, like the cards were really, really cool. Like I want to like make some art out of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but here's my question. So after we played, tried, attempted to play The Shining, we moved on to another game, which I can't remember the name of it, but it was like monsters in this haunted house and you sort of set up this world and then mayhem ensues. But its style of game was just like The Shining. So I'm sure that these sorts of games must have a name where there's like event cards mm -hmm. where you like read and you're like, you, it says like draw an event card and you draw one and it's like a monster has entered the room, you know, roll the dice. And if you get over five, then you defeat the monster. If you get a seven, you lose two points off of your mental state or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So it feels kind of Dungeons and Dragons-y. Yes. Okay. But it's a board game 
and you yeah. don't have like a dungeon master. It's almost like a like as if the board game is your dungeon master. Because I've only yeah. played Dungeons and Dragons a handful of times, and sometimes I really was peripheral, and it was like the Star Wars version, which like talk mm-hmm. about like two things that I don't like having to do them together. Like, thank God back in those days, I was smoking a lot of pot. So like mm-hmm. that got me through being kind of funny and fucked up. I was the ship at one point in the Star Wars one, and my name was Karen Thundercunt. I don't know where that came from. But do you know about these games that I'm talking about, these board games? No, I do I do know what you're saying. Because like uh, something like Dungeons & Dragons is a, they call it a tabletop role-playing game. Uh, and of course, the, the, the heaviest component of it is like you literally need nothing except for dice on occasion to play. But the idea is your imagination and your ability to like play the characters with each other. It's the storytelling is the most important component of those type of games. Then you have a board game, say like Candyland, you know, where it's entirely just playing stuff, but moving stuff on a board. Uh, and it, these games are somewhere in between um, where it's like there is a bit of like role playing, but you're still, you know, chained to what the board says and the things that come out of the cards. And there's a finite number of possibilities that are going to happen. But I don't know what those are called. I have a buddy that's really into like, you know, he's he's done Dungeons and Dragons. He's really into board games and all these card games. He collects all this stuff. I should reach out to him and see like, is there a specific name for that subgenre? Or even even listeners, if anybody knows, like, what is that? It's like the more involved board game where there is a component of like mm-hmm. a role-playing game, but it's still a board game. So yeah, I don't know what those are called. Well, I discovered I'm much more of like a cards against humanity categories sure. kind of board game person because isn't this kind of game also like that Prisoners of Catan or whatever? That Settlers of is- Catan, yeah. Yeah, isn't it like this kind of too? Yeah, that's a little bit like that as well. I know that's like, like world a- building and yeah. like events and dice and- sure. Things like I just no, I I don't, and I I have, a, I have an imagination. I have an active imagination. I love sure. imagination. Okay, absolutely, yeah. But these games, I just can't do it. Yeah, can't. they can. I I know what you're saying. Like I'm very selective about these things as well because it's like it, it's got to flow. And if the rules are too hard, then like what's the point? Like if you're not sure what's going on, like it gets really complicated. You need somebody that can just tell you what to do. Uh, and keep it moving for sure and that's why i thought like the shining one because it was horror related i thought Mm -hmm. oh well even though it is this thing i'm gonna have fun with it but it just it was so hard to figure out like i felt like you really had to study the rules and the layout of it in order to play it and if you're just trying to like figure it out and you want to get into it that's really frustrating like i feel like if one of us had known it like the back of our hand it could have been a better experience but even at that i i think i just realized i don't i don't homie don't play that game <laughs> uh i wonder too uh if there's like a horror because there's this there's a card game called munchkin that was like popular years ago and it's like the original version of it was like fantasy based so it had like the accoutrement you know the the stylings of like a dungeons and dragons type thing or that's what it was playing off of but it was a card game it was all about collecting these different cards and playing them against each other. So it moved, it it was easy to learn and moved really quickly. I wonder if there's a horror munchkin with like different horror. Cause it really, what it is is every card does something different, but if it's based on a certain, like like there's a sci-fi one and a fantasy one and this and that. So the art on the cards is cool and has different uh, tropes and stuff. So I was like, "Eh, yeah, I wonder if there's a horror munchkin. Maybe we try that, try that out and 
Maybe. I haven't played it in years, but I remember it's fun and fast paced because it's just a card game at the heart of it. So you don't have to learn. You just do what the card says and it's easy. You just keep going forward. I mean, I was with Ben and Alex and I hadn't seen them in a long time. So we had a good time. And that's the whole point of playing games is to be with your friends and the socialness of it all. Mm-hmm. But next time we'll play something dirty that I can get into, I think. There you go. But if you, please, write us, tell us your favorite games or movies or whatever. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com or follow us on the Insta and slide into our DMs just like tested. Just get in there. We love that. We want it. Yes. What are you looking for? I'm looking up card games. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there's something called there's something called Super Fight. I think I've played that before. I remember that being interesting, where you have to argue, like you get this versus this, and you have to argue who would win in that fight, like based on different cards. And there's a horror one. And then do the other players decide who won? Like who? I think I think that's argument? it. If I if I remember, I think that's it. So, ooh man, I've got ideas for like episode specials in the future where we play some kind of game with each other that'd be fun and see it's interesting because i really like games like assassin or werewolf i i played it werewolf is cool and it's like the same game but it's like there's not like cards per se it's sort of strategy yeah but it's also like it uses that creative mind it just like you are in the room and you're sort of deciding how to do things and it's fun i really love that i love those games so i just don't know where the where i lose it along the way i feel like it's when there's dice and event cards that those are where i start to go like yeah no thank you i know i feel like you'd be good at like D &D and role-playing games in the character element of it when you just have to like talk or make you know do stuff and then when it comes to the math that's where it's not as <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's totally true. Well, shall we move into our shares? I think it's time. All right. So I am giving you this week from two years ago, I think. Mm. Haunt. Cool. Yes. I'm excited for this. I've wanted to watch this because uh, I know of it. I remember... I know just a little bit about it. I know it's like a haunt, you know, it's about from what I know, a haunted house, you know, like you'd go to for Halloween, like an extreme haunted house, but they're actually like probably killing people in there or something like that. And I just remember the like ad promotional material for it is like creepy Halloween masks. So I bet you it's got like a, like, a, or maybe this is just wishful thinking. I get the feeling it's going to have like Halloween, you know, like Michael Myers, like a bit of homage to the Halloween movies or maybe even Halloween three season of the witch. Cause the masks I remember seeing kind of remind me of the masks from that, like the classic sort of like, here's a clown mask. I seem to remember and like a scary witch or something like that. So haunt. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be about a haunted house and people go to the haunted house and they just start getting murdered uh, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> That's Pretty-ish. it. I think, it, I think, I think it's as simple as that. All right. I cool. think it's on Shutter. It was on Shutter. I think it's a Shutter exclusive. Yeah, that sounds like right. I think that was the deal about it because the Shutter, you know, has only been around for a few years, but they like they've really cranked out some stuff that people are like, yeah, they got some great original content coming out. So uh, cool. I have to throw in a break before you give me yours. I was talking to my friend Chris this week because he was like, oh, I'm going to watch the original Mother's Day. And I was like, cool. And so yesterday we were talking about it because he did watch it and 
and I was like, oh, wait a minute, where did you watch it? He's like, on your site. And I was like, oh no, Chris, you have to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you missed 13 minutes of it. So I gave him like our, our link tree, which go to our you know Instagram yeah. bio, go to our link tree. And I was like, you have to watch it here. So he rewatched all the scenes. He's like, I cannot believe they cut this entire opening. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, I know. Yeah. So I just had to throw it out. Shout out to Chris and watching the correct version of Mother's Day. <laughs> of the original Mother's Day. Yes. Okay, man. Well, I've been going back and forth about what I am going to give to you. Give it to me. Ugh, and it's been hard because there's like a couple of things I really want to like do soon because we like we had been talking about them a lot. So I'm like, I want to do these, but I'm not sure I'm in the mood to talk about them yet. Uh, but what I think I landed on looking at the list, uh, I'm going to give you a movie. And honestly, this will be fun because I've not seen this movie in like over a decade. And I think I've only watched it like all the way through once. So I don't even remember it that well myself, like the full movie. Uh, and that is Society. Fun. I knew you were going to give this to me someday. Mm-hmm. So I've seen bits and pieces. I think it's about like a... Everyone's well, seen some famous you know, scenes sure. from it if yeah. you're a horror fan. It's um, either, I mean, it's an 80s movie. I know that much. And I think it's like mid 80s. And there's either middle to lower class lead male character. And I think he either is dating a girl from like an upper class or gets a job and is fascinated by the upper class. I'm going to go with a crush because there's always romantic things always more, more interesting. And is fascinated by her her rich lifestyle. I don't think they try to like bring him in, like join our high society. I feel like he's more intrigued and like, how do I get into this? And then, you know, as often is the case, you just, you know, you get in too deep, like you push a little too far and then it's not what you wanted. And you end up in a, in a fucking flesh orgy. Um, So I don't know if that's the end, the big orgy scene, or if that's just where it culminates. And he's like, oh, shit, this is uh, not what I was expecting. I thought I was just going to get like caviar and, you know, tuxedos. And now all of a sudden, you know, someone's face is in a butt. Mm -hmm. Not like in a porn rimming sort of way, but like Like, in a literal way. In in, (laughs) like inverse it. Like somebody's face is coming out of a butt from the inside. (laughs) So that's what we're talking about. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, So, and then I I don't know how it's all going to go down, but I think that. um, Well, you know about as much as I seem to remember, which is not much. (laughs) Like exactly what you're saying is like, I remember the broad strokes. I do not remember any of the fine detail, like of the plot of this thing. So. I think he's going to get out unscathed and, you know, but I think there's going to be as I like it to be a little thing at the end where it's like, you didn't kill us. We're still here because I, you know, I think it's a reflection. It's like allegorical for upper class and how they're all, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'll I'll come back to that, but, but like, you're never going to kill an upper class. Like it's always going to be there. So I feel like it's going to, there's going to be that ending coda of like, we're never going away. Sure. I seem to remember this movie feeling a lot like uh, They Live as well in like it's like satire. And so we'll see. Yeah, we will. But I'm excited. Cool. And I think this is on Shudder. Okay. As well. So should be easy to find. Fuck yeah. Well, thanks. We'll watch these and come back and talk about them.
Cool. Here we go. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And we are back. Yeah, we are. Oh, what's up? We watched some movies. Did we? Oh, I hope we did. <laughs> I sure did. All right. I guess I did, too. And now is the part where we talk about them for those that do not know. Yes. So let's start with Haunt. Haunt. Yes. If I was like in Wyoming and just a kid, I'd say Haunt. 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 <laughs> But now that I've gone to grad school for theater, I'd say haunt. (laughs) And the letterboxd tagline is some monsters are real. And the summary is on Halloween, a group of friends encounter an extreme haunted house that promises to feed on their darkest fears. The night turns deadly as they come to the horrifying realization that some nightmares are real. And as the tagline says, some monsters are real too. Yeah. As we find out, as we watch this movie. Tattoos equal bad. Yeah, face <laughs> tattoos and face piercings. And I guess the one guy had his face all like, I don't know how you go about doing that. Like the ghost guy where you're like, because that's not just scarification. That's like, I got to go to a plastic surgeon and be like, turn me into a ghost man, please. Um, yeah. That's, that's you know, a bit extreme. It's but, still a body mod, right? Like, yeah. even if it's that yeah, body so- mods bad. Yeah, that makes you a monster man. Um, (laughs) This movie was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Okay, so first, when I started the movie, I was a little off-put by how low-budget it looked and all that. Oh, really? See, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, I I don't know. There was something about, like, maybe it's just how it looked on my TV or whatever, but it immediately had that very, like, shot on digital video, like cheapy well not super cheap but you know low budget enough that i was like oh this could go either way this is either gonna turn out i didn't recognize any of the actors i'm like this is either gonna go really poor (laughs) like poorly or i'll have some fun with this and luckily uh as it got going i had some fun because in the beginning i hated all these characters i didn't care about any of them or their stories i'm like a bunch of whiny asshole college kids i guess but this was one of those movies that as it as it got going, it really um, made you go through the ringer with them. So it didn't matter. Any any dislike I had of them went away as I had to. I was like, come on, I want somebody to live and get their revenge on these assholes in this haunted house place. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. This was totally one of those movies that at the end of it, I'm like, this is what I would live for, you know, in the watching uh, movies on cable late at night, you know, you know, trying to find something good or nowadays scrolling endlessly through all the streaming services, just like looking for something you've never heard of and hoping it's good when you put it on. This would be one of those like discoveries I feel had I found it on my own. So tell me, I think I know the answer to this, but have you seen Hellfest? No. Okay. It's the really subpar PG 13 version of this. Okay. It came out like the year before, I want to say. There was a girl that was in the Scream TV series, the first and second season. She was like really cute, 
little character and she was in it. She was the only person I knew from it. It was real bad. It wasn't like an extreme haunted house. It was like an amusement park called okay. Hellfest, like a Halloween amusement park. But there was like a person in there who started killing everybody. And the only thing I liked about that was like the very end, like sort of the for lack of a better term, the twist. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because here, the only thing I'm not a real big fan of is the end. <laughs> mm -hmm. like the end reminds me of the last house on the left remake. Like I liked the remake a lot of it. And then the end is just like, Oh, come on. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like the, the end is like put on because some studio exec was like, we need this kind of an ending on it. We need closure. Yeah. But I, I, I appreciate like after going to see spiral last week, like that's what sort of inspired me to watch this movie. Cause while it isn't a straight up saw ripoff, it is in that similar vein. Mm -hmm. And I kind of needed to wash the taste of spiral out of my face. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> this, I, I, I have seen the houses that October built. Me too. Uh, which is another movie that's this is similar to. Yes. Um, it, except with houses that October built. I don't really remember anything that happens in it other than the premise. So it, I guess it wasn't very good because it didn't stick with me at all. I remember so. some of the masks and that yeah. someone was like, they were like the leads were like chasing like extreme haunted houses. And then they got wrapped up with these people who sort of chased them around a little yeah, bit. I feel someone all... got buried at some point. Yeah. I just, that's all I remember about it. I know it's got a cult following, but I am not part of that cult for that movie. So yeah, I didn't mind it. I tried to watch the second one and really didn't like it. So I didn't finish it, but, mm -hmm. but I, I like this film. I don't think it's like anything amazing, but this film is good. This movie is good. And it's just a, and I love that you gave me just a good old fashioned slasher at its core. Like the mechanics of this movie are just a slasher movie. I love using the imagery of Halloween and just the simple Halloween costumes and they're killing people. I didn't know how I felt the reveal that they're all like body mod weirdos that are part of this like cult initially. Yeah. I thought that was a little like, Oh, I think I might have liked it better if they just had no motivation, if they never found out like why this was happening. I also would have liked it if, I mean, granted, I'm, this would be a thing a studio exec probably would hate because so many audience members wouldn't like it. But I wish when they took their masks off, we didn't see the faces. Saw. I, yeah, I thought that might be a little better. Because here, like, I, I mean, I joked around in the beginning, but it's like, oh, all, all of them have body modifications and all of them have face tattoos and things like that. Like, those people aren't all bad, but I feel this movie sort of perpetuates that idea. Sure. I also, uh, there, at one point when they're like all fighting, there's just so much going on. You're like, how many of these motherfuckers are there? Because they never show you it. It's like, oh, they just keep coming. Now there's a witch. Now there's a zombie guy. Like, where were they earlier? Oh, man. I don't know how I, I felt like that could have been executed better, like showing you the amount of them, because at a point it just felt like, oh, now you're just adding guys we've never fucking seen before. Just keep coming. <laughs> like, I wish in the start of it, they showed you like the whole here's the whole bunch of them. So you knew like the stakes and who was uh, in there. I think it might have added some more attention. I did like the sort of red herrings like, oh, this is a good person. Oh, wait, twist. No, they're not. Or is this a good person? They say that sure. they are. I appreciated that, that they they weren't all just bad or you didn't know that they were all bad. Yeah. I appreciated that sort of like, wait, are they or aren't they sort of feel. 
And I found the characters fairly likable. They're not all like the worst. No, not the, and they get, like I said, they get better as the movie goes, I think. Cause initially like who's, who's the one Dick friend that like, he just shows up and knocks the drink on the girl and stuff in the beginning. And I was like, that guy's a fucker. And then, <laughs> but as the, as the movie goes along, you're like, actually, I like his take charge attitude in this, uh, in these situations. But Evan, the funny one. Yeah. Like the course. chubby yep. guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. It's um, weird. There's some movies and it's rare. It's usually when I don't like them, but this movie, I literally, the only notes I took were to write down the character names. <laughs> like when oh, I yeah. watch it, it just sort of happens. And it's like, it's nothing special. And there's just not much to it that I'm kind of like, oh, I didn't write a single note, but I didn't like hate watch it. No, either. this movie's really straightforward, which I kind of enjoyed, like considering we've covered some stuff in the last you know few weeks that have a little more going on a little more nuance in the plot this was really easy to just kind of sit down and watch because you didn't have to pay attention too hard yeah my friend jeff was like oh did you see haunt it was shortly after it came out and i was like no like i watched hellfest and i was like i don't need to watch another shitty haunted house movie like you know an mm -hmm. attraction haunted house and he's like no it's really good so i was like fine and i watched it and i was like oh that is fun like it's just enjoyable it's just pretty like it like i said before this seems like the ultimate like this would just be playing on you know late night movie channel cable movie channel like and you tune in and be like oh that was kind of cool you know watch it at like midnight or whatever uh when you know you're tired of reruns of whatever sitcoms they're playing on everything else i did love the moment i got a lot of satisfaction out of uh the ending when uh, the baseball guy, see, I can't remember anybody's name, baseball guy and the main girl. Sam. Sam. Oh, Nathan. Nathan. Nathan is the okay. baseball guy. They're running away from the last, the zombie guy. And Nathan turns around and goes at him with the baseball bat. And the dude shoots him and Nathan still comes <laughs> at him and just like beats the piss out of him. And I was like, that was so satisfying. And I'm just going to get a little spoiler because whatever, it's it's not that great of a movie that I'm like going to feel bad if Who I spoil Who cares if we spoil this one? But I was sure he was going to die. Mm -hmm. Like when he gets shot, like when he goes after that guy, because they're so close to getting out. And that's how it usually works. Someone's so close and then they die. Mm -hmm. And then I just appreciated that he didn't. Yeah. And then regarding the end, I feel like it would have been a much stronger ending if that there would have just been that moment in the hospital when the nurse asks her whatever. And then she gets that realization of like, Oh, they have our release forms that have our addresses. And if we would have just seen the guy driving with the release form and it would have gone to credits, like, I don't need that fucking ending where she's been waiting for him in the house, you know, yep. everything all set up. I'm like, give me a break. You know, you're not Nancy Thompson in the nightmare on Elm street where she's like, I knew you were coming. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and man, I love myself an evil clown. So I was all about the clown, dude. I was like, that's my favorite bad guy right there. Clown guy. I could have also done with just allusions to her abusive past. Like, I don't need it fucking spelled out for me in mm -hmm. full blown flashbacks. Like, like come on, were... just give me because like the relationship with like her abusive boyfriend, that was vague enough that like it spelled was spelled it fine. all out. Yeah, like, I was like, he, that should have gone to the cutting room floor right there. Those flashbacks. Yeah, those flashbacks were the worst. I hate stupid flashbacks where I'm like, I'm like, I get it. I get it. Mm hmm. If I can get it, okay. Oh, you know what I also noticed because we've now that we've talked about it so much, I used to just kind of like let this sort of thing 
float past me when I watch movies, but now I notice every time because you mentioned it. It's got your favorite cliche, accidentally kill your friend. Yep, it sure does. As soon as that <laughs> happened, I was like, ah, I started laughing because I was like, we're going to talk about this because I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> yep, it is a cliche that I despise. And in this movie, it's totally like unearned and worthless. Yeah, and just <laughs> unfortunately, this, it, I would be more okay with it if there wasn't like the one baddie, I can't remember which one it is, says to the witch or whatever, like, are you ready or whatever? Mm -hmm. And then the witch goes in there and then it's the friend. Like, if I would, if there would have been that stupid line, because there was no reason he would say that to that girl, to Bailey, her friend. Mm -hmm. Like, he wouldn't say that. So mm -hmm. stupid. They just shove her in there. Yeah, they just shove her fucking in there. I would have been yeah. more okay with that. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's, yeah. But I still, I find it fun. It, once it gets going, it really just kind of goes. Mm -hmm. And I did enjoy that. And like, there's really no motive. Mm -mm. But the, the, the description says that the haunted house promises to feed on their darkest fears. I don't remember that anything that that like sheet said that. Yeah, I don't know. like them get like you can't ask yourself too many questions. <laughs> yeah, again, because it's like this is a movie where like I guess they were a cult of some kind. Like that's what I was putting together because the the vampire guy that's just a normal guy. He's like they say I get to earn my face, you know, my new face right. if I kill someone. So you're like okay, so there's some kind of cult thing going on here. Like are the people sacrifices? I guess I don't know. The ghost was the scariest when he kept saying like, "Oh, you said you wanted to see my face." Like that's so eerie, and that's why. I would have liked it more if we didn't see the face. Yeah. Like it just would have made me wonder. Oh, Mitch. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking trust Mitch. As soon as he showed up to start helping like, no, Mitch, the bitch. You were totally right though. There were definite homages to the Halloween three masks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for like, sure. It definitely felt like that. Like it had to be, I didn't see anything online, like confirming that, but I'm like, they had to be thinking about it. Like, and they had a clown guy with the old school mask that is just so similar to, you know, Michael Myers in the original movie as a kid, like the yep. clown costume. So that's immediately what I thought of. Like they had to be, and I mean, Eli Roth is one of the producers on this movie. So it's like, and he's such a horror nerd somewhere. His influence has to be in there. Yeah. And it's the writers of a quiet place. Yeah. That did yeah. This. I and saw I that think too. That and I was like, like, Oh wow. Right around like the same time. So it was kind of like they had a couple good years there. I mean, this wasn't like a big fat hit, but it was definitely something that, you know, some people talked about, got some love on Shudder. And, mm -hmm. and so good for them. Go get absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your, all of your other predictions were like spot on because there's not much to it. The extreme haunted house where they kill people and people Very go there straight and get forward. And I was like, cool. Like, thanks for making it easy to like figure out what's going on here. And, don't get too clever, guys. Sometimes filmmakers try to get too clever for their own good. So, yeah, and the gore effects were good. Like there were some definite, like mm -hmm. that that whole face ripping open was definitely the best of them. That was cool. I love some good, just good, clean old head stabbings. Like yep. those were fun as well. There were some good face explosions from oh, bullets, yeah. and yeah, yeah, the gore was pretty pretty awesome. I I enjoyed that. Oh, when the dude shows up with the chainsaw. Loved that scene because like there it is, the chainsaw is in play. Um, <laughs> but when they're struggling with it, and then he like gets it on the shotgun, and I was like, he's gonna turn it into a sawed off, and she's just gonna blow him, and then it happened. I was like, yep, I knew where that was going. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good time. Mm -hmm. Out of five face 
modifications. <laughs> not not a great rating, but out of five face mods, how many do you give it? <laughs> oh man, this one I'm I'm kind of struggling with a little bit because I'm like, it's not like a great movie. It wasn't bad. And it's not great, but it was good enough, and I had a lot of fun with it. So I think I'm going to give this a three and a half. That's I went back and forth between a three and a three and a half. And I just decided, you know, I would recommend this movie. So I'm going to stick to a three and a half as well. So just by the skin of its teeth, they get yanked out. Yup. Scare of approval. <laughs> we didn't say it last week, but we got a double scare of approval with Allison's movie. So Allison, you rock two scare of approvals. I know she, she's good. She's good. She is. That was a blast. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to your flick. All right, man. We are talking society. Yes. It's all about fitting in. A Beverly Hills teen, and I like how they put the actor here, Billy Warlock, like everyone wants to talk about (laughs) Billy Warlock, uh, discovers his parents are part of a gruesome orgy cult for the social elite. The end? At the end, that's the whole description. Well, I mean, it gives it away, but I guess, you know, you kind of yeah. know it going into it, like where mm-hmm. it's going to go. Yeah, they kind of telegraph it early in that shit's not right. They do. And I appreciate that. I wondered if it would have got more mileage of, is he right or is he wrong? Because I thought it made it fairly obvious that he was right all along. <laughs> yeah. But that was also okay. But like i think this movie is great it's in that similar vein of stepford wives invasion of the body snatchers this sort of like what the fuck is going on with all the people around me which i mm-hmm. actually really enjoy when it's done well and i think it's in a in a unique way that isn't because there's been so many ripoffs of invasion of the body snatchers that are not good mm-hmm. and i just find this very unique and original and it's also interesting like that they're this like high society, but they're just like, it turns into this totally depraved orgy. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate that it like goes sort of the antithesis of what, I don't know if that's the right word, but sort of the, the opposite of how you think of that frame of mind and that sort of um, yeah. class. You think of them as more like, you know, full tuxedos and things like that. But when it all comes down to it, the, the, all the clothes come off and it just turns into a, murder sex orgy yeah yes (laughs) this you know so fun yeah this flick uh re-watching it like i said it's been like over a decade probably since i've actually sat down and watched this whole movie so what i was like this is good like this is weird it reminds me a lot of they live actually like i feel like it hits on a lot of the same ideas that they live does it really does you were you called that one and you were a hundred percent right it's less well, I want to. I want to say less clever, and that's not necessarily true. It's not quite as stylish and fun as they live. It's still a lot of fun, but they live like with that crazy fight, and just I don't know. They live just as is is a better film than this one, mm-hmm. but this is definitely a lot of fun. So I have a question. What yeah. is the shunting? Is that when you fist someone and rip their face open with your hand? Or is the whole thing, because they're like, shunt him. Don't they say that? Yeah, I think shunting is the whole thing. I think shunting is the entire, like, mutating and melding together and eating people and shit. Like, I think it's the entire ritual. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bill's dad was so hot and Bill was so hot. Like I was all for those boys. I love Bill, Billy so Warlock, man. 
And there's some great lines in there. Like when the one girl was like, cream, sugar, or do you want me to pee in it? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Did she literally just say that? <laughs> I love that. I love when, when Bill is like, fuck you, butthead. And I was like, that's like the tagline for the movie right there. It is. It, that's a little much. For, I mean, I, I get why it's there, but it's also like when the dad repeats it at the end. I wish that he didn't repeat it because it's like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, I okay. I love a movie where a character is named Billy because you get a ton of just Billy, Billy, (laughs) like people throughout the movie. Billy, where are you, Billy? And it's like that's just Billy's a funny name. Sorry if you're bit named Billy and you're listening to this, but it's a funny name to scream, Billy. That it is. It's a good one, (laughs) and I I love that there was some man on man kissing at the end. Like you know, if you're gonna have a Mm -hmm. big depraved orgy, there better be some like. Get it all. Let it all hang out. M for M going on. Yeah, man. I read a, uh, again, like you're saying, with where they live seems like a little glossier, like a little uh, higher, just slightly higher brow version of the same idea. I saw a quote attributed to uh, Mark Kermode. He's a a pretty well-known British uh, movie critic, but he's like a big booster of horror movies and weird stuff. But uh, I, I guess he referred to this movie as stupid but brilliant and i'm like that is that's it that's incredible like he nailed it that's the essence of this movie yeah i remember the vhs box from when i was a kid but i just never wanted to see it like the Mm -hmm. idea of a a movie that was sort of allegorical for class yeah differentiation or whatever like i just had no interest in it whatsoever even though she was like pulling her face off like I just never wanted to see it. And I don't think as a kid, like, I feel like this was a movie that if you're too young watching this, it's just not going to have much impact other than you're like, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that you'd make it far enough to be intrigued by it. Like, cause it does yeah. take its time a little bit, but there was so much fun, like body horror in it, even early on, like when he sees his sister in the shower and her mm-hmm. body's all weird and like turns around. <laughs> yeah. And that one girl has like, after he sleeps with her, like the extra hand and then her body's all weird. Like it's so well done. Like it's uh-huh. I'm just like, this is so fun. Like, I yeah. love that. And that last half hour, you'll never forget it once you see it. Like that's oh, what God, sticks no. with you. That's, uh, I, I don't even know how I discovered this. Like I was trying to remember, I was just racking my brain, like, where did this come from? Cause I saw it in college and I remember I found, I must've found it on Netflix or something. And I just remember had, I had heard about this movie and people are like, watch society. It's one of the weirdest horror movies ever made. And I was like, Oh, here it is. And I watched it. And yeah, I was like, totally just like, what the fuck did I just watch when it was over? So it sticks with you. So, okay. So some questions that I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. So Clarissa was the girl that he slept with. And she was a part of this high society, Mm -hmm. but like her mom seemed fairly obviously not. Yeah. And I didn't understand that, like how she was a part of it. Granted, she wasn't so in on it at the end. Like she didn't want to, but I took that as like her being in love with Bill. But like, I didn't understand how she fit in and how they weren't shunting her because I didn't feel like she belonged. Yeah. The mom who didn't like talk or... Yeah, and then they left her there at the end. Like, she yeah. came with them, and, like, I never saw her get killed, and then they all just took off at the end and just fucking left her there. I, I loved her. She seemed like a drag queen. I loved her so yeah. much. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's a lot of weird little stuff in this movie too. Like, and then who's the 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 like the preppy like rival for the in on the in the debate and stuff? Ted Ferguson. Yeah, no, oh, no, the, not the the preppy one. Yeah, his nerdy buddy. Marty. Yeah, Marty, who they find like dead, having faked his death, I guess. And then like he's, you know, clearly part of the high society. But I was like, is that like one of their powers? They can just look like they're dead, I guess. They're shape changing, but it's like that's like a weird thing that's not yeah fleshed out that well i don't think and why adopt him just to raise him to shunt if you could just shunt someone like they did with blanchard like if you didn't need to like if it wasn't the per like i i was thinking that there would be more of a they adopted him because he offered something that like no one else could give unless they were adopted and then brought in but really like they could have done with him with anyone who wasn't a part of the high society. So I was like, I don't really get how that all works. And I don't think there is something deeper. I just don't think it's very well realized either. Yeah. Either well realized or like idiosyncratic by design. Uh, Cause I was reading on the making of this, that they, they intentionally leaned into surrealism. Like they wanted a surreal off kilter, like paranoid atmosphere throughout the movie. So I'm like, I wonder how much of that is just some stuff doesn't make sense because they're trying to make you feel off center uh, as well as a viewer. So, mm-hmm. which I think that was the intent for some of it, but it might've been a mix of just not well realized mixed with like, well, who cares? Cause we just want this to be weird. So, yeah, but I was in for it. Like I, oh, yeah. I really just was like, this is a ton of fun and you end up at this sex party at the end where fisting's happening and just all sorts of crazy shit deadly fisting deadly fisting and just some like creepy practical effects that were so good yeah and that's screaming mad george uh was the uh special effects uh who's that guy guy on this he uh I wish I knew a little bit more. I just kind of know the name and he did a bunch of eighties horror movies, but he was this whiz at practical effects stuff. Uh, he's Japanese uh, from Japan, but he got hooked up with the director of society, Brian Yuzna, uh, who was the producer on reanimator and from beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and he that, decided, that tracks. Yeah, it tracks perfectly. And then he decided to go, uh, he wanted to direct and this was his directorial debut. I enjoyed the opening credits. I loved the song, but I also thought that they showed a little too vividly what like the orgy looks like. Like I wish it would have been more like mysterious. Like what are we looking at? But it seemed kind of obvious. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It seems kind of out of context. Like I liked that where they took this like whole thing that's going to happen at the end and it's out of context. And you're like, what the fuck am I watching as the the creepy song and just this weird opening thing? If it was a little more obscure though, like I'm, I'm thinking of the From Beyond opening uh, sequence where it's like an extreme close up of like, it looks like grubs or some kind of bugs like wriggling around, mm-hmm. uh, like wormy things. Like if it was something like that where it's, has the mood it's capturing what you're about to watch but it's not giving anything away i think that would have been and maybe i only felt like it was giving it away because i knew what it was because i knew of the ending but maybe if you didn't you'd be like what the fuck yeah maybe it wasn't so bad so screaming mad george did uh special effects on nightmare on elm street 3. oh Uh, he specifically did the cockroach scene in nightmare on elm street 4. ah one of my favorites 
Dabby. Uh, see. He worked on the original Predator. I've never seen it. Guyver freaked like a whole bunch. Of, he did uh, Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest, which I know that's the one that ends with the big crazy monster that eats everybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he's 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 got some skills at the rubbery monster effects. Yeah, I I thought it was a lot of fun. I my idea was that it was going to be like someone who had a crush, like a lower class person who had a crush on someone who was like more upper class and like in the high society. And I feel like that could have worked a little better. Mm -hmm. But so I was wrong there. But like all the rest, you know. I kind of knew the flesh orgy and I said he was going to survive and yeah. and all that. And that's allegorical. Like that all makes, makes sense. And that is what it, what it is. But. And I, I like the, I like movies that end like this where like they get away, but you have no idea to what, like, where are they escaping? What's going on? The society still exists. You just ran away from them. But now you know that like rich people, at least the rich people of Beverly Hills are just some kind of mutant space monsters or whatever. So. Yeah, I do like that you never really know where they came from, right? No, they never say. Yeah, it's just vague. You don't get any story about like what is exactly going on here. Mm-hmm. And that's I read that the original script of this. So this movie came about, I guess, Brian Usna was developing a movie with Dan O'Bannon. Uh, Dan O'Bannon, of course, was the director of Return of the Living Dead, another one of our favorites on the show. So good. But Dan, he and Dan O'Bannon were working on a movie together called The Man, which was had a plot point where it was going to turn out that all men were actually space monsters was going to be the reveal. But that movie, whatever, it fell apart in development. It didn't go anywhere. But then he got a script for society uh, or what would become society which was basically the same plot that we saw in the finished movie, except instead of being mutant blob creatures, uh, they just turned out to be like a satanic cult that were like drinking people's blood or whatever is what the rich people were. Boring. Exactly. And that's what he thought. That's what Brian Usna thought. Like, this is a great idea. Let's change it up. So he wanted to go more surreal, more body horror. And somehow he ended up developing this like, let's turn them into space monsters that turn into blobs at the end. And there you go. He just kind of combined these two ideas he had sitting there. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I do think it's fascinating too, that this movie came out. It originally got released. So it was made in 89. It gets released in 89 in London. Uh, It it Hmm. premieres in the UK where it's like a big hit at some horror film festivals and then on home video over there. Uh, And European critics were like, this movie is great. Like it's an awesome satire. Yeah. It generally was loved by European critics. Then you jump over to the U S where they couldn't get it released because nobody was interested in putting it out over here. Uh, And then it finally comes out in 1992 and critics hate it. (laughs) So really it came out in, 92 here yeah in the u.s yeah oh wow it got delayed a few years and then critics hated it and it's like yeah yeah this seems like one of those movies that just like didn't it was ahead of its time just slightly Mm -hmm. i feel like it's the kind of thing that like then a few years later this would have been a bigger hit like later into the 90s in the post scream world this would have been a hit i think but it came out after they live and reanimator which i feel like which is strange sort of should have paved the way for this doing well you'd think well reanimator was always an underground hit 
But it was like a hit on VHS, wasn't it? Yeah, and that built up over years because this became a cult hit, of course, over the years as it, sure more people discovered it. But mainstream audiences, mainstream theatrical release, it just did terribly because nobody liked it. And we're like, what's wrong with those Europeans that they think this is good? This is just gross is like what most of the contemporary American reviews were. So it's like, yep, this was too much for you guys. Not at the right time. But no, but we know better. We know this is hilarious and fun. So, okay, let's say out of five buttheads or headbutts or whatever configuration you want to call that, heads coming out of butts, out of five of them, how many do you give it? Well, like the last one, I'm kind of going between two, just on a slightly higher scale. So I'm going to, once again, go on the higher end of that. And I'm going to give it a four, mostly for just sheer originality in taking a well-tread thing and doing something different and fucking weird with it. Mm -hmm. What about you? You know what? Stop reading my fucking mind. (laughs) I'm giving it a solid four as well. We've been on the same track for a while now. We need Mm -hmm. to... Get off that shit. I know. We got to give each other some shit that we just (laughs) torture each other with. So it gets all crazy. But yeah, solid four. Double scare of approval. That's two in a row with a double scare of approval. So we're throwing some good shit at you guys. You better be watching this stuff. (laughs) Go to our link tree. It's in our Instagram bio if you haven't seen these. And you can watch them right then and there. Or both of these are on Shudder. Yeah, both of these are on Shudder as well. If you Get get Shudder, guys. Just have Shudder in your life. Shudder's fucking great. If you're a horror fan, you have to have some access to Shudder. So get out there. Yeah, it's pretty cheap too. I think it's like five bucks a month. Like yeah. it is like yeah. if you get nothing else, you can get like they release new things. I'm pretty sure every week there's like some new Shutter original and some old classics. And yeah, it's always a good mix on there. Yeah. If you want to know, I have like created a whole list for like my horror group when someone comes in, in which inevitably happens every week or two and says, I just got Shutter. What should I watch? And I have a whole list that I send people every time that I just copy and paste. Good. I'm like, here is a whole bunch of shit you should watch. It's very good. Oh, hell yeah. So yeah. So and hit us up scaring us sharing at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We must. We must hear from you. you. We must hear from you. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Is there movies we've, what movies have we covered that you love? Do you disagree with us on ratings? What are movies we need to talk about? Yeah. 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 We want to hear it. Thank you for listening. Uh, You rock. Absolutely. You you are my number one guy. Help him on. Long live the new flesh. I'm trying to think, is there anything? Or I guess we could be like, fuck you, butthead. <laughs> Cream sugar, do you want me to pee in it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, until next time, Jeremy. Keep sharing the scares. Because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.